Hey everyone, welcome to Three Levels Deep, and welcome to 2023. Uh, it's a brand new year, and you know what that means. It's time to nominate the games of our year. And hopefully it's not going to be a sweep like everything else was. <laughs> we all know what game I'm talking about. Yeah, well. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, 2022 was an interesting year. Uh, there were some... There were some highs and lows, but uh, yeah, we all played uh, a number of games, and we're going to talk about some of our favorites. We have some different categories, like last year. Uh, this episode, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, our favorite characters, you know, the best dog, mm -hmm. uh, best sounds, and some, some other categories of our own uh, choosing, and... Uh, Yeah, you know, but to kick things off, we made some resolutions last year. Yes. Uh, now... My resolution is still 1920 by 1080. Really? <laughs> you don't got that one... 1440p going on? I'll downscale 1440 to 1920 by 1080 sometimes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so poor man's anti-aliasing. Or should I say rich man's anti-aliasing since it requires more hardware? Now see, I'm on, I'm on that 1080 by 1920 life. Vertical monitors. Ooh, I actually really want a vertical monitor, mostly just for like reading text. Well, maybe if I get a... Maybe I can give you one of mine. <laughs> They rotate. They're nice. I don't know if I have room. <laughs> that, you just you gotta get some monitor arms. If I set up a vertical monitor... Actually, I have an extra monitor arm, arm that I'm not using. If I set up a vertical monitor, I'd probably play Karuga for the first time. Yep. <laughs> See, wasn't that a console game? Yeah. So what are you going to... you going to rotate your TV? No, no, no. No, no, no. This game gets released on consoles. Are you rotating your TV? Like... It, it was released on the Dreamcast. Nobody cared. <laughs> <laughs> was the little tiny screen of the Dreamcast the vertical? VMU. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It's tiny little Ikaruga. Ikaruga Garden. Ikaruga Garden. <laughs> All right, well, let's get back on track with our New Year's Resolutions games, which some of us got off track and did not complete all, play all of them from the looks of things. So, uh, I'll start. Me, Santo. I guess we didn't introduce ourselves. We forgot uh, to introduce ourselves. So you should know who we are. Go listen now. to the other podcast episodes or something. I don't know. Uh, we, we can't alienate all our new viewers who join us for the year-end recap. <laughs> I suppose you're right. <laughs> okay, well, so, uh, Santo, that's me, uh, I said I was going to play uh, two games. Uh, one of them was Pyre, which I still haven't started. Oh. And the other one was uh, Valhalla Cyberpunk Bartender Action, which I did start. I haven't gotten too far in it, but I did start it, <laughs> and uh, I'm definitely going back to it. Uh, so, because that game is pretty damn good right now. Apparently there's a sequel coming out this year. <laughs> yeah, there is a sequel. That's pretty fantastic. It's called... Uh, Nirvana. Yeah, Nirvana. But, like, you know, with weird spelling, of course. Yeah. Because it's a section of a cyberpunk city, of course. I think it's a Paradise Beach themed. Ooh. Or something like that. Yeah, but uh, all I'll say about uh, Valhalla is that they... It feels like they went as far out of their way as they could to write, like three-dimensional characters which is really good because it's a bartending game the entire game is basically like you listen to people's stories so the fact that 
so at least so far from what I've seen, they got some really well done character writing. It's gonna propel me forward, but it's a game that I kind of need to be in a certain headspace to play because uh, that things, game are, goes, things are a little grim it, and it goes it, it, pl- goes, it goes places. places. <laughs> it's, it, there's some subjects that it's brought up. It's like oof, that's ballsy for you to bring that up right now. Uh, but yeah, so uh, next uh, Matt here. Yeah, hello. Uh, you had uh, a few. Yep. Uh, so you also had Pyre. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you yeah al- I also have Bastion. You also had Bastion. Yeah. Mm. Uh, now, you also had Ace Attorney in general, which, you know. I played an Ace Attorney game. I, I've, I did finally pl- uh, finish Apollo Justice. There you go. <laughs> You've talked about that a bit uh, on earlier podcasts. And you also said uh, Yakuza. Because you were playing, replaying through a bunch of those and yeah, getting caught well, up in Because I've played 0, 1, and 2. And, okay, I, I started on 3, yes. actually. 3 was the first one I played after watching a Let's Play of 4. Mm-hmm. But now I've since played 0, 1, and 2, at least the remakes of 1 and 2. And at this point, I kind of want to just continue through in order. Cause, so I need to replay 3. Or like it, It's more I want to replay 3. And then I want to need to. <laughs> <laughs> you must. And then I want to play four for myself. So the, like because I've already played three and I've seen a let's play of four, that's kind of a bit of a road bump. Right. It's just like getting it's like uh play it again, you know. Mm-hmm. But like once I'm past those, I'll probably just like blow through the rest. <laughs> yeah. Now how are you gonna fit the judgment games into there? I was thinking I'd play those after six. Right. <laughs> Release order kind of thing. Yeah, which is kind of what I'm doing with Ace Attorney as well. Yep. So next up will probably be um, Miles Edgeworth Ooh, Investigations. That's a that's a very good one. I, I do also have the English patch for the sequel. Uh, I still need to do that. <laughs> ah, so you got to play Ace Attorney in chronological order and start with the newest Great game. Great Ace Attorney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go a hundred years into the past. More than that. Where does um, where does Professor Layden fit in there? Uh, okay, wait. Before, I think it's before... Yes, it's definitely before Apollo Justice. So it's probably in between 3 and Apollo Justice, if I had to guess. But wait, that means you need to start with Case 1 of Ace Attorney 3. Yeah, if you're... yeah, you Like, case-by-case case chronological order. Let's yeah. go. You gotta I do like that before it. Ace Attorney 1, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, and now Alex... Uh, so let's start with the ones you did play. You said Outer Wilds. Which yeah, you've played. I said Outer Wilds. I've played Outer Wilds. I've Talked nearly, I've basically beaten Outer Wilds. I kind of got uh, stuck a little bit on this one completely annoying part, and then I got busy with classes. But and then it left was, Game Pass. And then it left Game Pass. <laughs> I bought it on Steam and got the deal, uh, the DLC as well mm-hmm. on the holiday sale. See, see, the nice thing about Outer Wilds though is even if you can't import your progress from. Uh, from the uh, the Game Pass version, the nice thing about Outer Wild is all your progress is up in your head. Yeah, I mean, strictly speaking, you if you knew everything, you could probably beat the game like very quick. There is an achievement for beating the game in one run. Yeah, but that's uh, wait, how are you supposed to get that? Just by resetting your save, like deleting it. Yeah, that's funny. Um, but yeah, 
it's uh, technically I think I've unlocked all of the story and I've, I, I understand what the final puzzle is. I just need to complete the final puzzle in time without. Right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so I'm like very, I'm basically, I'm basically done. Mm-hmm. In theory, I only need to play the game one more run and then I beat it. This just has to be that one, a good run. I just have to, yeah. Uh, so you also play through It Takes Two, which was one of yours. I did. Oh, yeah, that, w- that was on, uh, that was on Resol- New Year's Resolution. Okay, yes. yeah. I played that. I beat that. It's a good game. Yeah. I liked it. Um, we had a podcast on that. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll come up later in these awards. Who knows? Yeah, so wait. Was that this year? It was this year. This, this, it's the New Year's Resolution games. Yes, you played it this year. Dear God, I thought that was last year for some reason. Oh God, we're gonna. Or the year before. It came last out year. last year, and that took Game of the Year at the Game Awards. But you played it you this played year. It this but year. I played it this year. <laughs> All right. Okay. Clearly, I need to make the podcast uh, show note descriptions more uh, <laughs> descriptive, so that we can re- we can refer to them again at the end of the year. Like, what the fuck did we even play? Uh, so I'm pretty sure you completely forgot. That this was one of your New Year's resolution games, Alex. But uh, what about Death Loop? Oh, totally, <laughs> totally blanked on Death Loop. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I think actually, I had a, I had a note from last year about Death Loop, and I was looking at it when we, I was preparing for this podcast, and I literally thought to myself, "What the hell is Death Loop doing on this list? Why do I have Death Loop in my notes from last year?" <laughs> Well, it was your one of your New Year's resolution games. Yeah, that's funny. Okay, so that, that I guess the you know the old out of the way. So let's start bringing in the new. Uh, so I've got a few. Uh, the first one is Pyre, again, <laughs> again, very <laughs> because, good. Because goddamn it, I, 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 there's I've there's no reason why I haven't played that game yet, except for just being lazy and other things catching my eye. Uh, the other thing that I want to get around to is that. Uh, so one of the things that happened this year was the 3DS shop pseudo closing, where yeah. they, you know, you can't pay with a credit card directly on the console anymore. I don't remember how what the state it's in right now is. If you can still buy uh, shit, the state right now, I believe, is to load funds via the Switch. Right. And if your account's linked, the funds will then be on your 3DS or Wii U. Yeah. So one of the things that. Uh, happened is that there was an atlas sale so i bought a ton of shin megami tensei games yeah i bought a bunch there too <laughs> yeah i think we cleaned them out <laughs> if there's anything i missed that i absolutely want to play i did mod my cds yeah, this year there you go uh so but i don't want to play any of those i want to play persona one and two <laughs> <laughs> okay because i want to be a persona hipster <laughs> uh, because you know, a lot. I, I think a lot of people are way more familiar with you know three onwards. Yeah. Because of the you know how they changed it. And Persona it. starts at three. Yeah. So I I want to be able to to elite be a super elitist about that. <laughs> so I want to play those. I mean I'm kind of interested uh, in them too because they they're you know high school kid kind of stuff, but they're definitely more in the Shimigami Tensei tone. Let's yeah. say. So that'll be interesting to see. And the last one is a game that was actually released fairly recently that I haven't picked up yet, but I'm planning to. Uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns. Uh, that is the Firaxis-developed uh, uh, Marvel, like, pseudo-tactical, not-quite-XCOM kind of game. Is okay. that what that game is? Yes. Okay. So, you know, 
Frax has been doing pretty good work. You know, we're playing our, our Let's Play of uh, XCOM Camera Squad. I've been enjoying that so far yeah. a fair amount. So they Firaxis usually doesn't miss, apart from you know, uh, technical problems. This is like the only thing. But in terms of game design, they're pretty good. I've been watching that last play, and I'm still weirded out by the fact that you couldn't see the te- the ready text <laughs> over Parsec for some reason. Yeah, what I, the I don't hell know. Was I don't that? know what was going on with that. That's insane to me because it's just a video stream. Also, there was one thing I pointed out to you guys afterwards when I was watching an episode is that there was a bus stop along a street that was facing away from the street. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> That's weird. Quality level design. All right, like... And apparently there's, like, in Marvel Midnight Suns, there's, like, you know, off-mission, like, getting to know, like, the people. So I want a social link with Wolverine. Okay? That <laughs> seems like a good, good plan. Uh, so, yeah, those, those are my New Year's resolution games. All right, well, uh, mine remain relatively unchanged. <laughs> um, I want to play more Ace Attorney. At least knock knock out one or two more games. Um, same with Yakuza. Um, but there's another series I'm adding to the list now, and that's Resident Evil. Because I started playing uh. those games this year, and for being someone who was completely just done with the zombie genre of games i don't know what it is about resident evil but i've just been loving them um and i think i think it also helps that it was my introduction to survival horror because i'd never played anything of the genre before and i've just been absolutely loving it so yeah i want to knock out more of the uh, resident evil games um but aside from that i've got another goal well, I'm setting a deadline on this one. Ooh. I want to play Bastion, Pyre, and finish Hades before Hades 2 enters full release. Okay. Now, I mean, that's... I forget how long hate the first Hades was in early access, but it was in there for a while, so I think that's yeah. very doable. Yeah. Especially, as I hear Bastion's on the shorter side. Yes, I... Played through it in one sitting. Uh, it took six, it took me six hours. Okay, and yeah, a longer if you want to go for full completion. But yeah. uh, a simple playthrough. I'm going to be honest. I don't like Bastion's one of those games where I actually I don't think full completion. Okay, is really it's not something I care about personally. And well, the full completion is really just like the challenge rooms, honestly. Okay, and some of those are kind of a pain in the ass. So yeah, that's what I mean. Because I did uh, go full. Full completion in Transistor, because that game was just great. Transistor is, I think, more interesting to do a full completion run. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the extra stuff on like the little beach area, the challenge rooms and stuff. Those were a lot yeah. better done. Yeah. yeah, the challenge rooms in the beach area were definitely much nicer in Transistor. And just how much you can play around with your, the tools given to you to yeah. see what the hell you can do. And unlocking all of the story bits from experimenting with all the various... Uh, Weapons, weapons, yeah, very and stuff. Very yes. cool, very good method. More, more dev, more devs should steal that idea. Yep. frankly, <laughs> yeah. So uh, for me, oh, hold on, I have one more thing. That's, it's not a game, but I want to cut back on buying games 
unless I have the intention of playing them right away, because I've, I've bought too many games that just sit in the backlog. <laughs> I, I have already kind of broken that one a little bit, but I wanted to grab a couple things on the... Because uh, I just got a Oculus Quest, or a Meta Quest 2. Oh, God, uh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and I wanted to grab a couple things to have in my library to play before the uh, their, their holiday sale ended. All right, uh, Alex. Yeah, actually, you know, on that, on that note, VR... There's a VR game I really want to play. It's called Rumble. And it's basically earthbending from like Avatar The Last Airbender that in VR. Interesting. Yeah, it looks really cool. And I have an Oculus Quest, which is not able to play the game on its own. Oh. Now, I probably can play the game uh, on either my laptop or, you know, there is a gaming computer in my house at my... Uh, that April has. So I'm sure one of them can do it. It's just it's just a matter of getting it set up. And yeah. <laughs> like getting streaming from your gaming computer to an Oculus Quest is I'm not gonna lie, it's a it's a nightmare. I have already I've already spent many hours over like a couple of days attempting to set it up. And I've just been stoned like there's so many things you need to do. And at one point, get this. Okay, so the Oculus had been linked to a, a, an app on April's phone because it's, it's April was the one who got it. So she had the Quest linked to her phone and set up on this app. And that has an authentication for the Quest. And it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pattern lock. So the pattern lock used to be a three by three grid that you draw a pattern into. Fairly typical. The pattern lock is now not a three by three grid. Now it's sort of a hexagonal shape that's stretched to look like an eye, but a hexagon only has six points, not nine points. So we, so the, the pattern doesn't, the pattern, but the pattern was never updated. Oh god. It never asked to update the pattern. Uh... And when I I tried to set up an account and it used to be that the, the Quest only had one single user account, they finally added the ability to add a second user account to a Quest, which is a great I I don't know why that wasn't there from day 1 personally. But because I tried to set up a second account and then connect the Quest to my computer using that account, the whole system just like locked up because it needed to authenticate things and like yeah it's stuck in this limbo where it can't be unlocked and the quest can't be used because the pattern lock on an on a phone app that was like linked to the headset had the actual pattern like geometry that you draw a pattern into changed which is just it's such a bad, uh, and that's in addition to like having to install like three pieces of software on your computer, yeah, that are all a huge pain in the ass, and like you can't log in, you can't create a meta account anymore, except you can, except it's secretly a Facebook account, except it's secretly not a Facebook account. It's yeah. a nightmare. <laughs> I I absolutely hate what uh, Meta, Facebook, Oculus has done because. There were Meta-specific accounts and Facebook-specific accounts and Oculus-specific accounts. At one point, these were all distinct accounts. 
but they're secretly linked in a backend, except they're not. Oh god! And it's a it's a complete nightmare trying to like get this stupid thing working now, uh, because all of this account bullshit just means that we're locked out of things. And I'm sure that I could spend you know a full day trying to debug logging into the headset, but that's a total pain and it's 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 insane to me how bad it is like it's the worst login experience i have ever had i think i it's never i've never failed to log into an account over several days of trying first of all i've never even had to try multiple days (laughs) like it's it, it it's bad when it's like oh yeah i spent four hours on this couldn't log in and gave up that that's abysmal and tried another day like so i really want to try rumble though the game looks really cool I just need to get my quest somehow able to stream footage to. I, I, I don't know if this is a just a quest one problem because I, I connected my quest two in like five minutes over Wi-Fi. The, yeah, well, wait, wait till they change the pattern on you. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have to do. Yeah, so yeah, yeah part of the problem is that yeah, it was set up it, a while ago and then it, it's there's just been updates. The account system update is what fucked it yes the account okay. system itself has had back-end updates that it cannot deal with if your account is older which is frankly it's a nightmare and i i can't believe they did that anyway moving on yes rumble vr game looks cool want to try it out um i kind of want to play dwarf fortress <laughs> i want to play the new gooey dwarf fortress i haven't so far because i've been i've been hesitant I know I'm going to get sucked in and spend way too much time on it. Yeah, same. <laughs> and I, I need I need to play it, though. Like, I can't not. But we'll get to it. Yeah. I'll get to it. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, one one last uh, New Year's resolution game, or perhaps games, in, in a sense, is that I want to replay uh, some Homeworld uh, games. Definitely... Definitely, I want to p- play Homeworld 1 and 2 again. With 3 dropping this year? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that, and yeah, we'll get to that la- a bit later in probably next episode. Yes. <laughs> because we're splitting our uh, game, of the, game of our year uh, across two episodes this year. But yeah, one of my anticipated games is Homeworld 3. And yeah, I need to, I need to replay Homeworld and Homeworld 2 mm-hmm. for sure. I don't know about, like, Homeworld Cataclysm. That game was, like, it was okay. Uh, and it's more of a side story. And I played Deserts of Karak more recently, and it's kind of a weird prequel thing anyway, so I don't feel the need to replay that one. But definitely 1 and 2 I want to replay before Homeworld 3 drops uh, sometime this year. So, yeah, that's my resolution games. Yeah, and we'll see if any of us actually stick to that. <laughs> By the time next year rolls around. Okay, so the next category we, we have is a returning one. A lot of these are returning categories. Uh, most game. Now, Yeah, so my nomination for most game, or maybe you want to explain most game. So uh, most game, we're, it's not super well defined, but just the game that's the most game. Whether that be like most amount of content, just most transparently like a game. That's just, you know, mechanics, however you want to define it. But um, I think me and Alex might have the same one here, even though it's kind of a cheat. Um, 
Dwarf Fortress? <laughs> yeah, so Dwarf Fortress is most game. Uh, and it's simple. See, I haven't played the new release of Dwarf Fortress, but I have played a lot of Dwarf Fortress. And it is the, it is the most technically complex game in terms of the mechanics behind the scenes. And it's basically a simulation. It's basically a fantasy world simulation. Like, it's insane. So it's it's the most complex, but it's got the most mechanics. And you can spend unlimited amounts of time with that. And it, yeah, I mean, I've probably spent hundreds of hours, at least. Yeah. Like, I, I back in the day, there was a tutorial series by Captain Duck, which was like the premium Dwarf Fortress tutorial series for how to learn the basics. And it was a 70-hour YouTube series. Oh. <laughs> so I, I i have heard i heard a description recent like i i wasn't entirely sure what dwarf fortress is and then i heard i heard a pretty good uh like just explanation of what it actually is and it's just a more technical animal crossing <laughs> i would not say that it's a te- more technical animal crossing but it is a fantasy world simulation in which you are basically doing a uh management sim of a of a it's analogous kind of to a colony or city in some other games Mm -hmm. um there's another game i think it's what is it stellaris maybe yeah well i mean or is that a different game no well stellaris is a 4x game (laughs) maybe i'm thinking of a different game anyway there's a there's another game that's like basically rimworld that's the one yeah RimWorld is very much uh, an easier sort of take on the concept. Simpler take on the concept. But anyway, I don't even need to play Dwarf Fortress to know, yeah, most game, for sure. Yeah, it's it's kind of unfortunate that just it literally dwarfs everything else. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, my other one would have been Vampire Survivors, uh, because that is a game where it's just mechanics laid bare and has a very uh, very good progression system to it to where you're just unlocking more and more things it has so so many you know characters to unlock weapons to unlock uh secrets to find like there's a there's a lot there for how like very simple the actual gameplay is but yeah i have to pick door fortress too <laughs> i i feel like i'm gonna end up siding with you guys but i still gotta talk about my nomination mm-hmm. um and it's the probably the only time you're gonna see it brought up on, as a nomination on this list Elden Ring. Oh, it is oh, the okay. most game. Okay, it's that's a lot of game. There that's, is a lot of game. That's a lot of game. Yeah, it is a lot of game. There, there, there's a lot of variety in like the weapons you can use. There's a lot of optional stuff. It's just my first playthrough. I think took me a hundred forty hours, maybe more. Yeah. <laughs> and I started a second playthrough and then I stopped myself mm-hmm. <laughs> because I wouldn't have time for anything else. So I stopped playing Elden Ring and I played Bloodborne again instead. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, well, I... That, okay. <laughs> I mean... Uh... Which I got through in a fraction of the time it would have taken me to yeah, beat Elden fair. Ring. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, it's it's a ton of game and, you know, the, you're not the first person I've heard that's like, once they finish it, they want to play more, but they're scared. Yeah. Whereas, well, like, I think you know, uh, I think other Matt Matsmus, he was saying yeah. that he was he was about to start playing Elden Ring uh, for a second playthrough, and he's like, "Wait, no, 
No, I'm going to play Dark Souls 3. Yep. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) That's not solving the problem. Uh, All right. But um, I respect Elden Ring as a a pick. But I I still have to win Dwarf Fortress Uh, here. I'm going with Dwarf Fortress. Yeah, Dwarf Fortress is the most game. One of the updates on the Steam page where they were talking about if the game was going to go on sale, they're like... Probably not because we plan to support this game for another thirty years. Okay, yeah. and it's already been being developed for over ten, right? Like, oh, it's yeah. I can't wait for Dwarf Fortress Definitive Edition in the twenty fifties. No, not Dwarf Fortress. No, it's just going to be Dwarf Fortress version like one thirty seven. Yeah, they're already on version fifty point something. Uh, but yeah, and then, you know, the other thing, yeah, I haven't actually played Dwarf Fortress, but I have been seeing so many stories of people, like, playing Dwarf Fortress again, or for the first time, or whatever, and it's at- always hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Alright, so, Dwarf Fortress is gonna be most game for this, the 2022 GUIs. That's our first actual category out of the way. Yep. So let's get to, uh, best character. So I, I found this one a bit tough just because I haven't really played as many like character-driven games this year, although I realized that I forgot about It Takes Two, amusingly enough. Um, <laughs> and, and actually, now that I'm remembering that, it's, it's the book from It Takes Two. <laughs> the, the relationship, the Spanish relationship book. Oh man, what was his name again? Grimoire. No, I, I. That's why I, I would named him. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, this two years in a row, a book has been nominated for best character. Listen, best character surrounds a lot of different things. All right, who could ever forget the 2007 Game Facts Award for best character being won by the L Block from Tetris? Oh yeah, yeah, Doctor Hakim. That was his name. The Book of Love. <laughs> extremely spanish very innuendo laden he was he was he was a funny character okay uh in in stark contrast i played so many character driven games <laughs> that it was pretty tough for me like you know i played like triangle strategy uh, caligula effect uh eye of the somnium files Chimera Squad is character driven because there's defined characters now. It's true. You know, Valhalla. But of all those games, I think I still had to go with the one, the only, Herlock Sholmes from Great Earth's Attorney Chronicles. Because, I mean, y'all know know the Ace Attorney games. They have such great writing, they have such great characters, and Herlock Sholmes is no exception. He was the best character in that game. He perfectly blended complete incompetence with like shocking brilliance where like at at times he was you know the biggest comic relief character in the room but at other times he was actually like deducing things properly and providing like crazy way too advanced for the time gadgets for you to play with to try and solve the crime he's he's responsible for the most like unrealistic thing to happen in ace attorney game and you know how big of a spectrum that (laughs) that crosses a lot of very unrealistic things it's true yeah so like he he was an absolute delight that entire game even when he got into an extremely depressed state once (laughs) and was just talking about how 
life was extremely grim. Just a, a complete comedic force throughout. And it's Herlock Sholmes. That's so stupid. It's pretty funny. <laughs> like, it, he's, there's another character in that game that is based off of a real historical person, but they didn't have to deal with... <laughs> They didn't have to deal with the Sir Conan Arthur Doyle estate <laughs> to get their proper name in. All right. So for me, it's actually someone we talk, Santo and I talked about in the last episode. Oh, yeah? It's Larry from Pokemon <laughs> Scarlet and Violet. Oh, my God. Oh, Larry's the best. He's the best family leader. He do, really is. Do you is. know about Larry, Alex? Uh, maybe. Was he? Which one was he? Larry is the normal type gym leader. Who's just, he's just your average run-of-the-mill Japanese businessman. He's just, he's just doing the job to pull down a paycheck. And not only that, but he has a second job as a member of the Elite Four. It's, it's oh, so oh, good okay. when he pops okay. up in the Elite Four. That's, that's kind of funny. Yeah, and 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 because of the the league rules, he has to use a different type when he's in the elite four. Yep. But it's, oh. it's it's strictly business for him. Strictly it's just business. business. Yeah, but yeah, and you know he's all, he's all, he he has like a fairly like you know kind of meek personality, but uh, that's just who he is, man. He's yep. normal. Yeah, I. Damn, well, you're pulling on my heartstrings by nominating Larry here. <laughs> I wish I actually had seen more gameplay of It Takes Two to to know a bit more about uh, Doctor Hakeem. I mean, and and his uh, we his got stuff. we got some quotes here. It's like, what else besides love makes couples stay together? Mortgage, kids? No, it's the attraction, of course. It pulls people together. See, attraction is like a magnet. You you need both poles for it to work. I should note that this is like something he says during the section of the game where you get magnet powers. <laughs> but you mean both poles for it to work. North, south, plus, minus, you, me. What if I told you that magnetic powers could help rediscover a lost, lost attraction? Oh yeah, let the magnets warm you up, baby. So Magneto was just searching for love the entire time? Yeah. It's true. It's true. Just, yeah, okay. I mean, let, let me just process that line through a Spanish accent. Very Spanish. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm liking just, just it. Just switch Buzz Lightyear to Spanish mode. Yep. <laughs> it's, oh my god. It's, I mean, yeah, they have. That's has to be where they got the inspiration for that one. <laughs> oh, I mean, also just the Spanish lover. Yeah. He's very enthusiastic. Like he's just gyrating. Yeah, I don't like how the base of his book is just like gyrating. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> A storytelling through animation, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, played up for laughs pretty hard. Mm -hmm. Both characters are very upset. Doctor, <laughs> this is a tough one. Yeah, I didn't expect it to get this stuff this fast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, part of the problem is like I'm not super familiar with Herlock Sholmes or Larry too much. 
Yeah, well, that's unfortunately how it's going to be for a lot of these games. Is yeah. That, like, we, you know, we kind of have some different tastes. So we play different stuff, nominate different things. But that's what makes it so fun. I, I kind of, I think I kind of want to vote for Herlock Sholmes just on the name alone. <laughs> it's a good name. It's and, a good way to get around the, uh, I mean, which I think at the start of this year, the last of uh, Sir Conan Arthur Doyle's work uh, Sherlock Holmes' works entered the public domain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, About Sherlock Holmes, best named new character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, new character, totally original. <laughs> yeah, do new, not steal. Do, do not steal. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, it's my nomination, so I, I kind of want to go for Sherlock Holmes too. <laughs> uh, I like Sherlock like, Holmes. Right, sounds like Sherlock Holmes wins. All right. Well, also, we, I have heard a bit about some of his lines, and he, it just seems like a funny character. I, 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 I pulled up, I got some screenshots on my Switch. I can pull those out to solidify it. But all the more yeah. reason for me to get to a Great Ace Attorney. Yes, it's it's a slow game, but it's a good game once it gets going. All right, so now the next category, which honestly this this could have been a category where. Best character also could have won this category. It's best dog. Mm, yeah, dogs are also characters. Now, uh, the one I have to nominate, I'm a bit worried. I hope Matt, you didn't also nominate this one, um, but I'm, I'm I doubt it. I'm gonna nominate uh, Doxbun, the poke oh, the the bread okay. Pokemon, mm, <laughs> the bread, bread dog, yeah. the bread dog, the evolved the, the, bread dog, the, the evolved bread dog. Okay, evolved bread dog. The bread dog is ridiculous. <laughs> so it's a good nomination. It was tempt. Like, I didn't nominate a. Po- I was tempted to nominate Arvin's. Um, oh, what's the name of it? Mabostiff. Uh, uh, the bo- the Mabostiff. Yeah, mm. I was tempted. Yeah, good dogs. Good dogs. Bre- yeah, now that I think about bread dog, is definitely the, a yeah. better dog. Dogs bun. It's its stats aren't amazing because it is more of like an earlier game, you know, Pokemon Evolution. But it's got you know, it's got decent speed, pretty good defense. Okay. Special defense attack, so it, it gets the job done. It could be a reliable part of your team. But and it's rations in an emergency. Yes, <laughs> it's got a unique ability, well baked body, where if it gets hit by a fire attack, it takes no damage. And instead, gets this defense raised. So it's, you know, it's got it's got some uh, some flavorful ability there. But very can, flavorful. But can it get burned? <laughs> uh probably. It could probably still get burned. Yeah, honestly, I would I, hope so. I, I don't know. Scald. Scald, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, soggy burned bread. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and it's 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 just such a fun little concept, and it, look, it, it looks, like, super cute, too. Yeah. It's got a little, like, hot cross bun kind of ears. It, it's, it's, definitely, very, it's a very good boy. It's definitely one of the designs I end up uh, liking. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, my nomination is actually... Um, Cosmo the Space Dog from Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> oh, okay. Nice. I didn't know there was a dog in that game. Uh, yeah, it's a Russian cosmonaut dog that oh, speaks what? with a Russian accent. Oh my god. Oh, that's awesome. That While great. wearing a space... It has a spacesuit and it's... Uh, it's the head of security in nowhere. <laughs> the, the giant floating mm-hmm. celestial head. That's, that's funny. It's psychic. Oh my god. That's pretty awesome. Just gotta throw some other stuff on there, oh, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So my nomination is Riker the Wolf Cub, which is from Children of Morta. And he's just like a little. So it, he starts out as like kind of a side quest because you find this injured wolf cub who's been separated from its family in, in the dungeon. And then you got to like go find some herbs and stuff because grandma's like, we can, we can save the dog. We just need these weird herbs, strange mushrooms, and something else. And you have to, like, go find them. But then once you save him, you know, he hop, he, like, you know, just kind of roams around your your little uh, house between missions. Um, but then also, before every boss, he just comes out and gives you a health, uh, a health restore. Oh, good dog. Like, just before the boss. So if you get him early, it's actually really good. Uh, because that health can be the difference between uh, make uh, it can make or break a boss fight. Reminds me of the fox in Persona Four. Oh yeah, that you could just go to and pay it to heal your SP. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But also, look at this. Look at this little guy. That's a good boy. Let's see a little picture. Oh, he's wagging his tail. That's a good boy right there. And let, let's get that name again. Oh, Riker with a Y. Riker. Awesome. Characters named Riker. Pretty good, pretty good uh, characters. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, uh, even though only one of these can win the uh, category, I think we can all agree these are all good boys. All good boys. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, 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 like this, I like the silly bread dog. Yeah. You like silly bread yeah. dog? Silly bread, bread dog. dog. Yeah. I, I like that, too. I mean, obviously it was my nomination, but... Yeah, that's all. That's also kind of close for me, though. I think both of your nomina- nominations are quite good too. Uh, oh yeah, Google Docs wants me to autocorrect this to you know Docsend, <laughs> but that's not going to happen. Yeah, it's Docs Bun. Dash Bun clearly incorrect according to Google. Very nice, bread dog. Okay, so the next category we got going on here is a uh, best sounds. Now, this is, you know, we had best music uh, last year. This is mostly best music, but, you know, if, if either of us think that a game had a particularly good sound design or just like any, just like some individual sound. track that we just yeah. loved, like this is, this is a spot for it. What were, what were some waveforms that we liked that we grew to this year? Mm. Yes. I mean, one game that I liked a wide variety of waveforms in was Mechanicus, which is a Warhammer 40k uh, turn-based strategy game with a soundtrack so good that I actually listened to the soundtrack for quite a while before even buying the game. Man, you're, you're making me like sad now because whenever I watch you stream it on Discord, I always watch with the volume off. Yeah, oh, the game actually has, like, so it's got a killer soundtrack, which I definitely, like, it, it's got, like, it's, like, dark, gritty techno church organ yep all right it's really cool it's pretty different and i like it a lot um but also the game itself has a lot of just sort of like kind of ambient atmospheric sounds going on in certain menus and sometimes in the missions and stuff like it's not just playing the music all the time it's it just does a really good job with these sort of harsh kind of like ambient sounds and like kind of these industrial kind of sounds and things like that which obviously fits the the 40k mechanicus aesthetic like really well and it's like mechanicus versus necrons in a in a necron tomb which is supposed to be sort of just like 
this like horrific and scary and and it I, it works well for the atmosphere of the mm-hmm. game. Really. Did, the mu- did the music sound very green? Because that's a very green game. <laughs> <laughs> the game is extremely green. Are, are like is it? You mentioned like organs. Or, or no, no. It's no. got a yeah. yeah it's got yeah, it's yeah. got some killer organ. Maybe they're like old copper organs. Oh yeah, that have okay. turned green. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the, the organ has uh, copper oxide on it. Yeah, turned green. I mean that's weird because necrons don't really have organs. The robots. What do you think the green robots. part is? Hey, flayed ones exist. Okay, fine. The, yeah, the flayed ones have other people's organs. <laughs> feel like I need to learn more about 40k aside from Space Marines are rad and red makes orc vehicles go faster. The best rule <laughs> is that they yeah. removed. <laughs> oh, they removed that? Uh, yeah. They made, they made the games. They wanted to make the game <laughs> simpler and take out some of these just like needlessly complex rules. Damn. Like orcs going faster. But whatever. If I'm playing a game with an orc player, a 40k game, I, I, I will totally allow that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's only half an inch. It never makes a difference. Yeah, I don't know if we wanted to put a track on if we're doing that. Uh, we can if you you know know where you can find a track. Yeah, it's just on, <laughs> on Spotify. my computer. Okay, Spotify. All right, let's let's uh no we don't, we don't necessarily need to listen. Well, I can nominate some Phil Collins. I'm sure there was a Tarzan game <laughs> that had a soundtrack in it. Uh, oh man, there was a Tarzan game on the N64 that I played. Honestly, it wasn't very good. Um, so probably just start off with like Children of the Omnisaya at the top there. That one and New Sphere are probably the two, two of my favorite tracks. Get this like, just like this slow got, organs. Got the build. Good build up, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is like the, it's the first track in the album. Of course it's going to have Build. Also, I'm just looking at the play count. This one has 10 million plays. <laughs> Everything else the, like the barely cracked a million. The next is 2.3. Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, this track and New Sphere are probably like the best two tracks. At least for listening outside of the game. Some of these are more like ambient tracks. Yeah. I mean, for a lot of soundtracks, I expect the first one to have the most plays, but not by this margin. I love the way that the organ's just going in the background, too, here. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. I mean, it's... Well, I I want to get negative. But it's not not necessarily the kind of music I'm I'm into listening to outside of a game. It's fair, but you know, it's very. I'll say this: it fits. It fits very yeah, very well. Yeah, it fits game, really well as tone. All right, you said New Sphere. New Sphere is pretty good too. Yeah, right. throw that one on. Okay, this one, this one's six minutes long. We can skip around a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe go to like the two minute mark. Yeah. It's got that organ just Oh yeah, building. that's some that's some organ right there. That's specifically church like church organ style too. Oh yeah. It's not trying to be like synth organ. 
bit more. Oh. Yeah. Oh, we got chanting. Yeah. It's the, it, come on, it's you gotta have that 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 like Latin chant from the fucking Adeptus Mechanicus. Oh yeah. But yeah, I mean that that's pretty representative of, of the 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 soundtrack that's like more musical, and other parts of it are a lot more just like ambient. Okay. All right. So pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, like I really like the sound effects in the game too, but obviously that's not on the soundtrack. <laughs> oh man, you you you're, you're telling me this two doesn't have like 130 two second tracks? No. <laughs> I mean, hey, look. Uh, I think the um, the Super Mario like All Stars collection. Oh yeah. That came with a soundtrack CD that also had sound effects on yep. it. Wow. So you could have uncompressed like high bit rate coin sound. I've got that. Oh, I've got that CD. Yeah. That's that's a good, that's a good sound I to have. Rip those. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Gotta have that like full wave coin sound. <laughs> All right. So my nomination is actually an individual track because sadly um, I didn't play any games that have the M1 Grand uh, ping sound. <laughs> um, and you can actually conveniently find my nomination right there on the right in friend activity. Oh, great. You know, oh. I had a feeling. I saw, I saw you listening to this. I'm like, oh, God, I know he's going to nominate this, isn't he? So it's so this is the Airbuster Buster uh, mm. uh, um, remake. Re remake version of the song from Final Fantasy VII Remake. And this has become my song, my go-to song when I need something to hype me up. Yeah. Like, and know, remix of those those who fight from the original. So, like, Sorry. as you can hear, it keeps the it keeps the original melody. But what I love is, like, despite being, like, seven and a half minutes, I... Uh, it keeps the melody, but it's also varying it up throughout the song. Like, so, soon you'll even get to, like, some... a chanting choir thrown in here mm. as well. Um, and I just absolutely love this track. It just blows the rest of the soundtrack out of the water for me. And if you want to fast forward a bit, because it did seven and a half minutes, yeah. I'd recommend... go to about 345. Uh, that's about 240. I'm working on Spotify here, I can't yeah. exactly see, so... That's good enough. Oh yeah, there we go. I just, I, I love the electric guitar in this song, though. It's just... I love this version. I'd ask if there's a good Cosmo Canyon or Genova song on this soundtrack. I don't think they got but that But I yet. don't think they got that far in the game. I think there is a Genova track, actually. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's the Genova track, but... But you can hear the, uh, the choir chanting yeah, yeah, yeah. now, too. Yeah, I, I've kept myself blissfully ignorant of uh, the remake's music so far. Yeah, this is pretty good. Yeah, I, uh... It, it, it just... It makes the fight... And, well, the fight's great as well, but the, this track just really helps to elevate it further. Which fight is this? 
Uh, the Airbuster. Okay. I think I remember that boss from the original. It's, it's the one where you're in the like second Mako reactor. Yeah. At the end of that, yeah. Okay. And then they've got bridge get blown up, blown up, and then Cloud goes to the uh, church where he meets yep. Eris. Yeah. Yep. And then, yeah, you've got a little bit of slowdown here now. It's starting to build up again. It's mm -hmm. funny because it's like, yeah, I actually played that part of the game. I don't remember the track very well, though. <laughs> yeah, so this is my nomination. Oh, yeah. Suppose this isn't a remake of Those Who Fight. Those Who Fight was the name of the original battle music. This is a, re this is a remix of the standard boss theme from the original Final Fantasy VII. God, yeah. I'm messing up here. How can I be a Final Fantasy fan? <laughs> Alright. Yeah. I think we... I think we get the gist here. More chanting, yeah. Alright, alright. So... And so, like, what was your feeling on, like, the rest of the music in the game? Oh, it, it's, it's good. It's like, it's... It, it's like, if you like that track, I'm, I'm sure you'll like the rest of the soundtrack, too, but it... Because they they have the original composer on it, and yeah. some other people, some other people helping out as well. But uh, well, listen, Nobu Nobu Uematsu is the greatest video game composer ever. He's made some bad songs in this time, <laughs> though. <laughs> but no, the, the rest of the soundtrack's uh, great as well. That one just uh, stands above the rest for me. Mm -hmm. um, also, sadly, on that uh, the soundtrack on Spotify, uh, Hip Hop to Chocobo is not on there. Oh, that's that's a shame. God, the Chocobo theme. It's a classic. Well, the, the game has so many variations of the Chocobo theme. Yep. But hip-hop to Chocobo is probably my favorite. Nice. Okay, so... Um... Like that big hand crack. <laughs> Caligula Effect 2. That is my nomination, because we fucked up last year. Listen, okay, I know when talking about this, I kind of, you know, I kind of was a little bit more sour on it compared to the first game, and I will admit, the first game is a better uh, soundtrack than this one, but whereas the first one had a larger breadth of songs that I loved, uh, this one had a less amount of songs that I loved even more. Like, three of the songs from this soundtrack made it onto my Spotify Top 5 play for the year. <laughs> like, oh, I listened to this a lot. Um, so, uh, the, and I've mentioned this many times about how this game uh, deals with this music, where it's an instrumental track uh, in, the, in most areas, and that layers on vocals into the fighting parts, and then the boss fights get an individual remix of it. So, uh, I am going to play... Unfortunately, this means I'm going to have to play two songs, <laughs> because I want to play one in the remix version, but it'll, it'll be pretty quick, I hope. So, this is just like the kind of walking around music, uh, and what I love about this song in particular is that kind of the entire point of the music that's playing throughout the play areas in this game is that it's supposed to be like kind of hypnotism slash brainwashing the general populace into complacency 
And so this song in particular has like this, you heard it in the beginning there, this like, kind of like sighing, like, uh, beat to it. And it makes uh, a lot of use of uh, repetitive vocals to make it sound like it is actually trying to brainwash the general public. So this is one of the best uh, uh, examples of the songs here, but uh, the remix is where it gets crazier. Now, one of the very good things about this is that when you hear a lot of remixes of songs, they're kind of working with, you know, what they had, what they had, but it's usually a different artist doing it. The remix of this, the people had access to everything, the stems for everything, so that individual, that starting uh, verse there is completely unique to the remix version. They were able to record a more intense version of it for that. And then you have all this super repetitive vocal stuff again. This is actually the final boss theme. <laughs> oh. I was actually kind of thinking there while, while you were, while you were talking that I I would love a game where just your general just going around music becomes the final boss Yeah, theme, this, and, and this, that, this one okay. did it, yeah. And I actually <laughs> did mess up. The first one I played was a different vocalist because there's so many versions of all the tracks on this goddamn mm. CD. Like, there's, this soundtrack has four CDs. Three of them are just different, are two different vocalists and then the remix versions. And then you have all the instrumental stuff. So... Yeah. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. This is, sounds like this brain gonna brainwash you. <laughs> it's just sighing and repetitive music, so and then it, you know, gets super hyped for the end of it. Yeah, this is the music that hyped me up the most this year and uh absolutely loved it. And I'm making up for the sins of the past year. Where I cannot believe Sonic beat out freaking <laughs> <laughs> that last year. I, oh, listening to that podcast, editing it, I was, I, I was like, you know what? I should have st stood my ground. But uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm salty about that, so I have to do it again. I'm not sure how we're gonna pick though. Is the problem here? Because I want to stand my ground pretty hard for 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 my pick, but you can obviously outvote me. Yeah, I mean, personally, it's just not... It's not the kind of music you listen to, It's not right? the kind of music I listen to. <laughs> it's, like, it's, yeah. it's, it's a cool idea, though, right? With having sort of, you know, the instrumental layering in the vocals and things like that and then kind of remixing it for the boss. Like, that, that's a cool idea for, for a game mm -hmm. to do that with the music. And I will also bring up that the visuals in battle, there's also, um, you know, a music video in the background that's synced up to the song while it's playing, and as well as other visual elements synced up to the music. So if we have to, you know, kind of poke that sound design uh, part of this category again, it also, you know, does things with the visuals that enhance it as well and makes the extremely repetitive uh, random encounters less repetitive. <laughs> I'm liking everything you're saying about about Clayton. All right, <laughs> it's <laughs> happening. But it, and it is also the kind of music I can listen to. So I feel like I'm the swing vote here. <laughs> <laughs> you're Florida. How does it feel? <laughs> <laughs> so you guys pretty uh, settled on your your uh, your nominations. I don't know. I was kind of tempted to go Final Fantasy VII to be honest. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Okay. 
<laughs> oh. You want to knock me down. That's tough. <laughs> I, I am I am the swing vote. <laughs> yeah. For me, like, like I, I can go for Caligula effect. But FF7 uh but the Airbuster is my uh my mm-hmm. hype song for this year. Yeah. The problem is like if you put on more of the Final Fantasy VII remake soundtrack, I probably just like get really against it just because of nostalgia <laughs> like can that overcome nostalgia we'll see once i finally play that game well see the other problem the other problem is like if i was voting for the soundtrack on the whole i'm pretty sure like most of the songs that i actually like the most from final fantasy 7 are from later in the game maybe i don't know what songs you like well obviously. cosmic canyon cosmic great canyon, obviously. you know genova great yeah um obviously fucking <laughs> the final battle one-winged angel the one-winged yeah. angel like that's a banger. That's not there. <laughs> but th- but there's some amazing songs in the opening of this game. Like opening bombing missions, incredible. The opening, main themes, oh, incredible. Yeah. All Actually, the, all forgot, the battle themes of the game is forgot about opening. Yeah, I forgot about opening bombing mission. That one's really good too. And a, a lot of the Midgar music in the original is also great. The Turks theme as well. But again, this is stuff yeah. I haven't listened to for yeah. the remake version. Oh. I think I'm gonna have to stick with FF7. Yeah, we're gonna. Okay. Yeah. Well. All right. We'll Robbed again. We're FF7. <laughs> hey, you just talked up opening bombing mission, man. Well, it depends. If the opening bombing mission remake uh, uh, remix that's in uh, Smash Bros. is the same one that's in FF7 remake, and we're picking this, then that's gonna be a mistake. But I'm whatever. pretty sure none of those ones in uh, Smash are the FF7 remake versions. Okay, good because I don't like all the remixes that are in Smash. They do the thing that you know Smash Ultimate did with a lot of remixes, where they just went too hard in, 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 in like a metal direction. Like it's just too much going on. Yeah. Like a lot of the Castlevania remixes suffer from that. that yeah, which too. is an absolute travesty because Castlevania has Some of the such a great music. library of music, and they they managed to like screw it up mostly. I I can't recall. How's the uh, Smash version of Lost Painting? I don't even know if it's in there. Oh, is, is there not? Grant, because that, that's my I, favorite. I, uh, I haven't actually listened track. to Lost Paint. I think I've listened. I've, I think I've only listened to a remix of Lost Painting <laughs> from a different artist because OC Remix uh, was mm. a thing that I uh, <laughs> engaged with in my youth. Okay, so FF Seven Remake uh, wins for best sounds. Nostalgia bait. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Uh, okay, so now uh, for the last little bit of uh, today's deliberations, we're going to go into some personal categories to finish off the day. So these are some categories that, you know, uh, maybe didn't make the most sense for all of us to have nominations for, or maybe were just kind of funny for each of us. So, so, uh, I guess I can go first with one of mine, maybe do go around a few couple times until we're done. Uh, so my first one is going to be the best bestiary of the year. Uh, now, you know, a bestiary is uh, a little thing with descriptions. Well, I, I, it started out in video games as just, you know, stats of monsters, really. Like, you know, HP, strength, weaknesses, and all that stuff. But over the years, uh, there's been, you know, people start adding little lore entries to each of the individual monsters that you fight in the games. Uh, the bestiary is where you view those and uh a couple games got pretty cheeky with their bestiaries this year uh vampire survivors was very close for this one 
Uh, I don't have it on me, but just go find the uh, description for the milk elemental <laughs> because they fit in, I think, like 10 or so milk puns in like a short paragraph. <laughs> wow. It's so good. Uh, and like most of the uh, entries in there are extremely witty, but uh, my actual nomination slash... I don't know if you guys actually had nominations for this uh, category. You did? Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so it's going to be an actual category here. But my nomination is World of Final Fantasy. And the reason why I'm picking this one is that they they did a really good job of making some really hilarious bestiary entries. And being somebody who has, you know, have played an irresponsible amount of Final Fantasy games, every reference they make I get. <laughs> so they've uh, been pretty good. I've got three here. Uh, the first one is for, uh, oh, I should probably explain the game a, a, a tiny bit, is that it's basically a Final Fantasy game with a little bit of Pokemon uh, built into it where you're capturing uh, monsters to use on your team. And it's really funny where your team is your two characters stacked on top of and underneath uh, the other monsters that you're getting. So, like, right now one of my characters is sitting on top of a Tonberry with a Cactar on his head. It's awesome. So uh, a totem pole of... Uh... Yeah, a totem pole of uh, Final Fantasy monsters. <laughs> and I'm liking you, the sound of this. Yeah, and your your main characters can uh, swap between... Uh, either, you can have large, medium, and small uh, monsters. Your main characters can either be large or small, or large or medium. So you can swap between those there to kind of make make your stacks. And you know, no matter what way I think about it, whether the cactar be on top or on the bottom, either way, I don't see that being comfortable. Not, not necessarily. <laughs> well, if it was on the bottom, it would have to be the Gigantar. Because, you know, you, you have to go large on the, bo- on the mm. bottom, medium, small, little stack. So uh, my first one is uh, a Mecha Chocobo. Mecha Chocobo. Uh, a Chocobo made entirely of what appears to be a machinery. This was the producer's idea and artist approved, which means it's canon right down to the cannons. <laughs> wow. Uh, my next one is a, a Scott, Sky Dragon. Um... This uh, was one of the monsters that you're only able to get through the DLC. Uh, so it's a magnificent dragon as blue as the sky. Well, not the night sky. Or when it's cloudy. Correction, it's as blue as the sky on a clear summer day in Besaide. But wait, technically it's also purple. Let's just call it the paywall dragon. Oh, wait, PR is giving me stern looks. Pretend we didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's written in the game. They're, wow. they're having fun with this shit. That's, that's good. And the last one, I, I, have to read the, I have to read the one for Cactar. Uh, a mirage with a truly astounding ability to evade attacks. Its jerky movements may think, may lead you to think our animators are lazy, or that your frame rate has taken a sudden dive, but we assure you there is nothing wrong with us or your hardware. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, they, they're, they're, they, they, the fourth wall just doesn't exist in this game. It's, fun. I love it. it's, it's fantastic. The fourth wall doesn't exist in the game in general, or just with the bestiary? Uh, in the best year, especially, but during parts of the the, the game, they, they they make some really stupid <laughs> stupid jokes <laughs> that break the fourth wall. Yeah, and and, I, and I, I, I I could I could keep going, but like the, there's almost every single one is like uh, slightly lower than that level of wit and humor. Yeah. So the best year, my favorite best year of the year, uh, was in Bug Fables. 
mm. which is Paper Mario. <laughs> and yeah, it works just like it does in Paper Mario. So you basically tattle on enemies to see their HP and... Uh, it even has that? Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you use tattle and then, yeah, you get the uh, ability to see the health bar of enemies that you've uh, tattled. But then you also get a short little uh, description of the enemy that happens in battle at that time. And then it gets put into the logbook, which is the you know the best area. That gives you stats, tells you the moves, and it has this little uh, witty entry. And so a few of them that I picked out here. So there's one enemy called the Underling. Aggressive without provocation, this seedling variant creates confusion amongst, amongst scholars. Despite evolving in an area without predators and having abundant food, they have developed short tempers and poisonous attacks. <laughs> Even more ironically, they've become delicious when cooked. Researchers won't stop until they figure out why this creature evolved to make its own life more difficult. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good, yeah. Um, a and then there's Mattisfy. It's sort of like a, a weird fly larva thing, if I remember. Um, anyway, with a face only a mother could love, the Mattisfy grumpily trudges along the swamplands. It's poisonous to eat, thorny to touch, and deafening to hear its wails. One could say it is adapted to its habitat perfectly. <laughs> um, the, uh, the Mender. Uh, these automated mechanical helpers are both adorable and extremely capable. Their countless unpaid hours of support ensure the factory runs well while most bees sleep. Sometimes they get a bit wacky, but scientists assure their existentialism is nothing more than a glitch. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, the last one I'll, I'll, I'll mention, the Leaf Bug Archer. Uh, the archer faction is the most territorial of the leaf bugs, firing a volley of arrows at any who approach them. Sometimes they get a little too into their job and accidentally fire upon their allies. No one dares complain, lest they be shot again. <laughs> and yeah, there's a lot of other funny ones. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, those were just some of my favorites. And yeah, the game, it's, it's, a, it's a Paper Mario RPG, basically, off-brand. So it's very much... Like, the witty humor is a big component of the game, and it comes through in the uh, bestiary just as much as it does in the dialogue. Nice. So, I've got one, too. Um, it's Pokemon Legends Ar Arceus. Oh, boy. Pokedex entries are Pokedex always great. Yeah. Entries. <laughs> um, I, I knew there was going to be Pokedex. There has to be. Yeah, and the thing I really like about the Pokedex in Legends Arceus, because it's considered the first Pokedex, it's not just catch one, you get the entry. Um, each Pokemon has different objectives to complete with that Pokemon, be it catch more of it, evolve it, see it use a certain move, and e each of these has a point value assigned to them. Once you reach 10, you complete the Pokedex entry. Um, completing the Pokedex entry actually increases the shiny chance for that Pokemon a bit, mm -hmm. and if you do everything and perfect the Dex entry, it increases the shiny odds more. Mm -hmm. Um... But, as usual, you've got some good Pokedex entries. Um, I'm just going to read the Porygon line. Oh. Um, Porygon's in that game? Uh, because there are space-time riffs. Okay, fine. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's got tons of Pokemon. But, uh, but, no, but Porygon specifically, is, it was coded into existence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is why the Porygon Dex entries are pretty good. 
It has no discernible heartbeat and does not seem to draw breath, and yet appears to function without issue. I cannot even begin to explain this utterly bizarre anomaly. Uh, Porygon 2. A bizarre item caused this Pokemon to evolve. While it now exhibits many new gestures and expressions, its biology remains inscrutable. Porygon Z. A curious item induced this evolution. The Pokemon's offensive capabilities have greatly increased, but the strangeness of its behavior has magnified in equal measure. This worries me. <laughs> yeah, that's very fair. That's, yeah. That's funny. And yeah, actually, it's a good point, though. Like, the Pokedex in Arceus Legends is actually kind of cool in that it's probably the most interactive yeah. uh, Pokedex um, out of any it, of them. It can be seen as busy work to keep you occupied further, but I actually, after years of playing Pokemon game where you just catch them and you get the entry, it, it's refreshing. Just like, mm -hmm. you gotta actually work for, work to get the entry and at the same time increase the shiny odds for that Pokemon. Sure. Well, and, and it's interesting because it's different for each Pokemon and it actually yeah. like drives you to like, kind of like do something in the game. Um, and the whole idea is like, oh yeah, you're we're researching Pokemon, and it's the first time they're being researched or something. Get you yeah. to use every Pokemon a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it forces, and that's the other thing. It's uh, we were just talking about how uh, the lore in Transistor is cool because it makes you, it actually makes you experiment with the game more. And I think that you could say the same for the Pokédex in Arceus Legends because. Often, one of the easiest ways to get more of the Pokédex entry filled out is to just immediately start using that Pokémon. Um, if the Pokémon has, like, you know, see this move several times in battle, or maybe evolve the Pokémon, that often gets you more, uh, like, Pokédex entry points. To use a strong style or an agile style move. Or, or something like that. And so, yeah, like, the way the Pokédex functions actually kind of it encourages the player to experiment with changing their party more, which I think is a good thing in a Pokemon game because it's way too easy to like just catch the first few Pokemon and then never change your party. Yeah, I, I like that quite a bit. I, I'm leaning towards Legends Arceus because that, that actually like as, as you know funny as our entries are like that's actually like a good mechanical implementation of a bestiary. Yeah, yeah, and in fact, I think that's it's something that you don't see that much. Like a, mm -hmm. where, where the bestiary or lore is actually driving gameplay, it's so rare, even though it's such a good idea, that yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards Arceus as well. Okay, I didn't expect this to be a serious category, but no. we got a freaking serious <laughs> I, answer I, on I this didn't, one. Yeah. I didn't either. I didn't either. All right, all right. Okay. I didn't really think about the Legends Arceus um, Pokedex at the time, but you no, it is actually good. Yeah, but like, I mean, did you even think of the Pokedex as a bestiary? Mm, not really. I sure did. I mean, it 1,000% it is, yep. but I mean, everybody just thinks of it as the, it, the Pokedex. Yeah. It's the Kleenex of bestiaries. It is, yeah. <laughs> it's the most branded bestiary. Yeah. Most bestiary. That's a different, that's a different award. <laughs> yeah, okay. So uh, another one, or I guess, yeah, one of my uh, categories that I'm uh, putting forward is best pixel art. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I'm not sure, since it's a surprise category, I'm not sure if you guys have anything, but uh, my nomination for Best Pixel Art is Children of Morta. And I'll just show you guys a couple of, uh, like, animation things here. But the game is gorgeous. And, like, 
not only does the game have great pixel art, like just looking at stills, but I think that you don't really appreciate how cool the art in the game is unless you see it in motion. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, like it's it's yeah, gorgeous. I, I, I've seen you stream some of this. I've seen like Sean play it, uh, or or Maximus play it. Like, yeah, I I, I can totally agree with you there. Yeah. It's, it's it's beautiful stuff. Yeah, it's got gorgeous like hand drawn pixel art, but then they also have a lot of sort of more modern like pixel based lighting effects that just it makes it look great. It looks really cool, and it's it's like a bit of a chunky kind of pixel art. Uh, not not but I, I don't know it's it's kind of both like it's at the same time it's like kind of chunky and blocky but it also other aspects like other like say like the terrain some in some areas actually has a lot of like gradients and stuff like that but it like seamlessly blends together like they managed to blend modern like gradient pixel art or modern modern gradient like pixel based lighting uh and like chunky blocky sprites and like more detailed almost like painterly sprite work and it, they blend it all together beautifully like you wouldn't even nothing looks out of place it's so nice mm-hmm. it's so nice to look at um well this is awkward because my nominee for this category i can't nominate it right now because we've got coolest looking game coming up on day two of our deliberation so Ooh. i'm gonna save mine Ooh. for that one i'm I see. trying to think if i had anything but the Steam recently played only shows so much. <laughs> yeah, this is why I made a list of all the games I, I newly played this year. Yeah, I, I did too, <laughs> but it's on my computer. Mm. Oh. <laughs> my notes for this episode oh. I put on here. Well, this is what happens when you bring in surprise categories. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I, I thought about telling you guys about this one and it slipped my mind. Okay, fair enough. That's thing like I've played multiple games that have pixel art, but it yeah. feels wrong to n- nominate you know, my, 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 my big winner. Yeah. This right now. Yeah. Mm. Gotta save it. Yeah. Gotta save it. So well, you, you just guys... give it to Stilton of Morda. I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> it looks nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Win yeah. by default. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oops. That's, that's, uh, that was a control V instead of control V. We don't need to see a uh, two factor verification code <laughs> in our game of the year document. <laughs> All right. So my, my first category is, uh, the Roll a New Character Award. <laughs> okay. Um, and my nomination is Disco Elysium. Ooh, okay. Uh, because th- there's so much... Because um, you have your starting... You have four stats with the starting sp- uh, points you can spread out. Um, and then you've got just an absolutely massive amount of uh, skills to choose from. And I kind of want to play through it again just like completely differently like the 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 end result ends up being the same you you solve the case but i want to see because i i hear the game can actually be pretty varied in like interactions and stuff based on the character you roll yeah hearing you hype that up uh earlier earlier this year like i I bought it like the next time it went on sale immediately so Pretty psyched to try that out eventually. Uh, I don't. I didn't play any games where you roll a character. The closest I can get is Pokemon, where you roll mm. a party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. I don't know. I'm, kinda, so. I'm, I'm trying to think, and like, there's definitely a couple roguelikes I 
played newly this year. You don't really roll different characters, though. Well, that's the thing. These were meant to, like, so these were meant yep. to be personal. Yeah, uh, personal win by default. Like, so, I, I know like, no one's gonna have anything for my next category. My, my next it's cat- very personal. God damn it, Hunter. <laughs> my next car- category doesn't allow you two to have any. So, <laughs> because uh, my last personal award is the Luigi Presents Second Banana Award <laughs> for the okay. game that was second in a lot of categories for me, and that's Triangle Strategy. When ah. I was thinking about a lot of the uh, categories here, Triangle Strategy was, like, so close. Uh, for Best Character, uh, Benedict from Triangle Strategy was very close to being my nomination. Uh, best Sounds, uh, the soundtrack in Triangle Strategy, I really, really did like. It's one of the few orchestral soundtracks that I really jived with, uh, even outside the game. Uh, mostly because of how it, it uses horns very, very well, uh, which, which I like. You know, a lot of orchestral soundtracks can either be, you know, the movie score way too bass heavy <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. I, or or, I, or too or lean too heavily on the strings, but this one it's got them horns. That brass. <laughs> yeah. You know. And uh as well, like it was I'll say it right now, it's not my game the game of my year, but uh I, I think I was far too harsh to it. Uh I don't know what stick up my ass I had when we recorded that episode but thinking back on it like that game was actually a lot better than I think I made it out to be I think probably what I, I happened was, I was a bit negative at I the time I think that it maybe didn't live up to the hype in I think I had slightly unrealistic expectations for it is the problem the game got so much hype though so I understand that happens Sometimes the game gets games get super hyped and it's hard for them to live up and you just get you, you know kind of negative. Yeah, but like it, it and you know it it does look pretty good too. Yeah, the I guess actually yeah that game does have pixel art. I could have nominated that best pixel art. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It was second banana. Yes, exactly. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> She approved. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, best fox. Best fox. Yeah. Tunic. Have... Tunic had the best fox for me. Yeah, I I liked Tunic a lot, um, but it doesn't actually fit. It doesn't win any of the other categories. I don't. I didn't even nominate it for any other category, and I was like, but I did. Li- I do like it. Um, you know, like I said when I talked about Tunic, I think it's very specifically a game for people that like have played a lot of games in general, and especially lots of Zelda, and possibly some Dark Souls. Although I didn't find I haven't played Dark Souls, and I didn't really find that to be essential. But uh, it's it's a it's a fun it's a fun game if you kind of like that puzzly, somewhat obtuse, classic. 2D Zelda-ish game, so yeah, and it's got the best fox. Yeah, I I, I was fox of the year. Hmm. We we had best story before we cut it. And I was hoping that if we kept it, you would have picked Tunic for best story. <laughs> no text, but best story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No text, no dialogue. Best story. Environmental storytelling. Yeah, man, I I I I'm disappointed that Pokemon. Uh, Neither of them had uh, Vulpix in it. At least the ones I played. I don't know if Legends Arceus did, so I can't nominate Vulpix for I, Best Fox. I think it does have a Vulpix, actually. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I believe it. it does. 
But like Alolan Ninetales is like a top five Pokemon for me. So you do love your ice types. Yeah, and fairy, and it just that color scheme choice. Wait, is there an Alolan Vulpix too? Yep. Oh yeah. Okay, because I was oh, gonna say cute. if there was like just regular Vulpix evolves into Alolan Vulpix, which is ice type, it'd be hilarious. They did well. They did a couple of those. Like a uh, regular Marowak evolves into Alolan Marowak, which becomes which Ghost Fire cursed. type. The soul of his mother. Its mother gets out of the skull. Oh, that's a very cute Vulpix. You know, there, there were... You know, best, see, you know be- what? Yeah. We had a category for best dog because developers, they like putting the dog in the game. They can say that you can pet the dog and everything, but I think, we go, I think we're missing out. I think we need more foxes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's anything I've played with a fox in it. Yeah, there's no Star Fox game this year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's uh, probably for the best, <laughs> considering the track record. All right, so my second uh, personal category is uh, the Sold Me on VR award. <laughs> ah. And that was, I, I finally got to play Beat Saber, and it sold me. <laughs> yep. Yep, if there's any game that will sell you on VR, it's Beat Saber. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I've looked... And I've stared at product pages and I've thought, should I buy, you know, uh, Quest 2 or whatever? Just for Beat Saber. Because <laughs> that's the only thing I actually want to play on it. Yeah, like, Beat Saber is great. And also, you know, if you're willing to dabble with third-party... Um, on, <laughs> if you're willing to dabble in third-party modded downloads from the internet of sketchy provenance then you can actually get you know diy beat saber uh songs for basically any song that anyone's willing to make the track for yeah. and it, there's it, a lot I of stuff get, out there if i can get oculus link going pretty well i'm probably at some point on a sale going to buy beat saber on steam just for more easily uh using modded tracks oh yeah ah uh. Right, without a... having to mod the headset to do so. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's one of the other things I have to do. I need to uninstall the mods so that I can update Beat Saber so that, <laughs> and then reinstall the mods because April got some DLC, and you can only install the DLC after uninstalling all the mods and then re. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. Oh. <sighs> Third-party mod tools. But Beat Saber rules. Beat yeah. Saber does rule. It's real fun. I mean, I've played a few games in vr but probably 90 percent of my time in vr has been beat saber it's a good workout too yeah mm. um so far i'd have to say my biggest accomplishment is um that league of legends oh, K-pop KDA. Song on hard <laughs> at eight percent speed increase oh god uh. <laughs> all right well that is going to wrap up day one of our game of our year nominees and awards and all that stuff so let's just kind of you know go through a little bit just in case you forgot uh so for most game we had nominees of vampire survivors and elden ring with dwarf fortress taking the crown deservedly so uh best character i just (laughs) deservedly we haven't played the new version yet Uh, i played half an hour see it's so funny (laughs) the the one of us that hasn't spent you know hundreds of hours in dwarf fortress played it this last year there we go uh we're not hacks uh 
These characters are also not hacks because it's best character. We had Dr. Hakim from It Takes Two, Larry from Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and the winner Herlock Sholmes from The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Uh, the best dog, our nominees were Riker from Children of Morta, Cosmo from Guardians of the Galaxy, and the winner was Doxbun from Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, best sounds, uh, we had the Caligula Effect 2, uh, 40k Mechanicus, and the winner being Final Fantasy VII Remake. And we just did a bunch of personal categories that I'm not going to go over because there's a lot of them. And you just heard them. So, look forward to the next uh, installment where we're going to go over our most anticipated games of next year. This, this year. year. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the coolest looking game. The lo-fi award for games to chill and relax to. The best fighting game, the biggest bummer, and finally, the game of our year. Stay tuned! Alright, how many times did I say Paper Mario? Uh, well, that one makes five, I think.